See Beneath Your Beautiful podcast is raw and intimate, sometimes funny, and always entertaining. With new episodes every Saturday, Hara explores our love spheres and hopes with a delicious combination of depth and lightness. Hey. <laughs> okay, I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to say Hamana hamana hamana. I'm going to say Today we're interviewing Philip Smelzer, and I'm going to have you introduce yourself. Today we're interviewing Philip Smelzer. Philip, will you introduce yourself? Hi, I'm Philip Smelzer. I'm 53 years old. I am Harris's husband. I'm a father of five. I'm a Coast Guard veteran, recent graduate of Eastern Washington University, and that's about it. That's the short list. That's the elevator pitch. Yeah, that's the elevator pitch. Oh. I always never know my elevator pitch. I always ask questions and don't know the answers myself. So I don't know what I would say. (laughs) Well, thanks for being on my podcast. You're welcome. We are taping this not on our anniversary, but it will air on our wedding anniversary. And that is how you got roped into this. (laughs) You didn't have to rope me. Oh, thank you. That's sweet. But it'll air July 3rd, which will be our four-year wedding anniversary, July 3rd, 2021. That's awesome. And also in July, we've been together seven years. Wow. We're an old married couple now. (laughs) But not. Right. One of the things that makes me want to interview you for this podcast, because the purpose of the podcast is to offer hope, is that we were both in unhappy marriages in the past. And this marriage is a real shock to both of us that you can love somebody more and more and more instead of less, less, less. Yeah. Do you think that's right for you? Oh yeah, definitely. It's like so natural and, and like comfortable, not in the sense of like being easy. It's just like, it's, it's like we click. Yeah, we're perfectly suited. Yeah. We totally get each other and but we're not the same person. We're not like the opposites attract thing. Yeah, for real. Yeah. So <laughs> my favorite thing is every morning. Well, I wake up very early and I jump out of bed. Mm-hmm. And then you get up hours later and mm-hmm. you make your side of the bed. And when I come back into the bedroom, the contrast of our bed is so funny to me because your side is made and your nightstand is perfectly clean. Mm. And my side is not made and my nightstand is piled high with shit. <laughs> and I think that pretty much sums us up. And also, I appreciate that you love me, even though that's me. And I love you, even though you're perfectly organized and, you know, has to be a certain way. I think that's really lovely. I wouldn't say I'm OCD, but (laughs) not at all. What would other people say? I'm just kidding. I don't know. (laughs) He's very organized. (laughs) I think they might say that. With air quotes. (laughs) (laughs) Right. I really, 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 really love us. I do too. And I'm so thankful for you. I'm thankful for you. Well, first of all, will you say how we met? Because we met on Match, but 
For me, I think you were the third person I spoke to. Yeah. I just recently moved to Spokane 2014 and I got on the match and I was, I don't remember what my search criteria was, but like, you know, the radius of how many miles from your location. Yeah. It was probably like 10 miles or 15 miles or I don't know. And then after a couple of weeks, I expanded it to 25 miles and then your beautiful face popped up. <laughs> <laughs> That's sweet. Thank you. And the rest is history. Yeah, it really is history because our first date was at Boots yeah. Bakery. And I feel like even though I went on a date after our date the same day, I still feel... Which I'll never let you for live down. <laughs> That's right. Even though that's true, I still felt like it was love at first sight. And I couldn't wait for that second date to be over so I could text you. Right. I loved you right away. I win. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All good. And even your face totally messed everything up because I was going into dating after eight months of not dating because of some bad relationships prior. And... My criteria was pretty strict. I was like, no, 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 no. Mm -hmm. I found any excuse to say no. One of my very strong no's was you had to be divorced over a year because I think the first year is a shit show and you can't have little kids. And your face was so cute. I forgot to read your profile. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, and you were quitting smoking. That was a no for sure. And then the quitting was like air quotes again. Exactly. Trying, but failing. But just to be hopeful is that I did quit smoking, but then I started vaping, but now I don't do either. I quit everything two years ago. So Yeah, that's awesome. I really am so happy about that. So I checked that box now. Ha ha ha. You checked that box. Well, and you weren't even divorced. Not only were you not divorced for a year, you were still married. I didn't check any boxes. You didn't check any boxes except your face was so cute. I lost my mind. <laughs> <laughs> well, and I was playing tennis last weekend and mm-hmm. you were watching me, which I really appreciate. And one of the ladies mentioned afterwards that Every time I looked up at you, I had the, you know, stupid googly eyes. Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm just so happy about seven years later, I still feel that way. Yeah, it's really awesome. And not only still feel that way, I feel that way more. I can't believe I love you more every day. So we're so lucky. I know, so lucky. One time you said that... You know, you wished we met as teenagers, you would have really liked me or you wish we met earlier so we could spend more time together. But I truly Mm -hmm. believe we weren't ready for each other. Yeah, I was not ready for you. So everything happened exactly the way it should, I think. Yeah, I was thinking about that the other day, like we had to go on our journey and our journeys had to be exactly the way they are. Otherwise, we wouldn't have met, you know. Mm -hmm. Right. Right. Obviously, we didn't live in the same state in high school, but. You know, like there's no way that could happen. Or the same coast. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I was on the East Coast and you were on the West. It's so magical how things just kind of happen. And then that last little decision I made. To expand your search. Expand my search and all of a sudden, poof. I truly, honestly think it was divinely planned all along. 
Mm-hmm. Even though I'm a, you know, don't know what I believe in God, but I do believe that yeah. I think we both paid our dues and this is our reward. And not that our exes aren't good people, but they're just weren't the right people for us. And when it's the right person, it's really just this beautiful. Yeah. I never thought I would find somebody, period. I mean, I, I think that's the truth. I never thought. I'd have a love story and I'm so thankful for our love story. I also like that we're both 53 and we have the same references, even though we lived on different coasts. Yeah. You know, all my references and that. So for some reason, that's so comforting. It's like having something in common is really important, you know? Yeah. Yeah. You want to have something to talk about. So don't ever trade me in for an 18 year old because you won't have anything to talk about. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Ew. <laughs> but also, I don't even have this is the first relationship in my entire life that I have no fear because not only do you make me feel so loved, but I literally know there's nobody more perfect for you. Like right. you'd be a total if you did leave me, you'd be a total idiot. And so, right. <laughs> so, because <laughs> what is not my natural thing is. Mm-hmm natural with you is to constantly tell you how wonderful you are and build you up. And I don't think that's actually native to my characteristics. That's not really my qualities. I don't think, but you may, you bring that out in me. That's good. Yeah. I think we bring out good things in each other. Definitely. That's really awesome. We can't only be this lovey gooey, icky couple (laughs) that, People will gross out on and if we only right. talk about this. And so let's talk about some struggles you've had because the beauty is that you can struggle in life and end up here. One thing that I struggled with, and I've not so much now, but like in my childhood and early adulthood, and I don't know how when it diminished, but I was like super, super shy as a kid. Mm-hmm. And I struggle with that. And I'm still a little bit, I'm not as afraid to talk to people and be in social situation. I think that's just from going back to school and having to do public speaking and being in the military and having to be in a leadership role and stuff like that. But Mm -hmm. just, you know, pushing myself to not hide in the shadows, you know, but that's, that was like a huge thing when I was a kid. It just stripped me of a lot of joy yeah kept me from trying things and doing things and participating and it just like that was huge yeah and i'm sure there's other men in particular that you know that can relate to being really shy as a kid you know and what that feels like mm-hmm. what what did it feel like I feel like you're always like they're always people are always judging you and like making fun of you behind your back and mm-hmm. And you just don't want to put yourself in any situation where you could even, that could become a reality. Cause it's some of it's just imagined. Most of it's just imagined, you know, I would say most of it. Yeah. But you just get yourself into a, this like tape loop in your head where you're just, you can't feel confident about anything because you're just afraid of this thing that's got a grip on you and it's just hard to get away from. Yeah. I remember somebody told me in my mid-20s, 
I think I had to go up on stage for something. And I was terrified when I did go on stage, my legs would shake. I could, I literally couldn't walk. I couldn't walk onto the stage because my legs were shaking so bad Mm -hmm. for fear of judgment. And somebody told me, not only are people not thinking about you, Mm -hmm. they're actually cheering you on. And that really helped me. I mean, it still was hard, but the thought that people were cheering me on made sense because I know when I see somebody on stage struggling, I'm certainly rooting for them. You know, I don't want anybody to fail. So that was really good to turn my thinking around a little bit. Yeah. I mean, you know, taking those speech classes in college and stuff and being in the audience and you, you have more of a empathy towards the, the other students, you know, mm-hmm. and you start to see that it's just not a big deal. And right. You're not going to be publicly humiliated. So. Who cares what anybody thinks you do your best. And that's all there is to it. But I totally get it. I'm not downplaying what you're saying. Hoping to please somebody is crazy because say there's five people in the audience, those five people have five different expectations of you and there's no way you can succeed pleasing them Yeah. because there's five different expectations. They all want something different from you. Right. So you have to just do you. So you were in the Coast Guard 22 years. Yeah which is a long, long time. So yeah, I joined the Coast Guard in 88 and that was the same year that my oldest son, Jeffrey was born. And you were just 20 years old. Yeah. So I had a lot on my plate at 20. That was, that was huge. That was a big challenge. And a new wife. Yeah. I got married too. Yeah. It was like, it was the full meal deal. (laughs) (laughs) And you were, a total teenager in your head from your stories. I didn't know you then, of course, but your stories just make me laugh and jaw drop. And that's why I'm so glad I didn't meet you till we were 46, I think. Oh, yeah, I was. Because you were such, you and I were such idiots then. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, yeah, I did some stupid stuff. We were, didn't make a lot of money, but, you know, buying diapers and formula and, but there was always money for beer and cigarettes, you know, somehow. <laughs> In retrospect, yeah. And yeah. Uh, can we talk about the, um, you give the the very best hugs because you're six four, and I'm 5'7", yeah. mm-hmm. and I fit perfectly in your big bear hug. Right. We're like a perfect interlock, perfect. We're, yeah, we interlock. We're Legos. Mm-hmm. <laughs> We're a Lego hug and it's so relaxing. I always say, I feel like it's like I've had Oxycontin or is that what I say? Or oxytocin. What is the thing where it makes you feel so relaxed? Oh, something like that. Is it like the stuff after Turkey eat Turkey tryptophan? (laughs) I feel like, yeah, every time you hug me, I'm like, Oh, that's so good. And one time a girlfriend was so sad and I was like, I know I'm going to have Philip hug. <laughs> and the two of you, I like forced the hug and you were both so awkward and uncomfortable. And that was so funny. And I thought, oh, how lovely that I'm the only one in the entire world that can get one of those good hugs. So, but that was really a funny moment. Yeah. We're in the Coast Guard. Oh, do you have any good Coast Guard stories? Oh, like what? 
well, I don't know, besides, besides that you were all alcoholics and that what you did in port stayed in port that skipped those stories. That's par for the course. Well, most of the ships I was on, it was all male crew. So there was only one ship I was on that there was females on board. So it was, you know, it's like this brotherhood fraternal thing, you know, and mm-hmm. work hard, play hard. And I think not so much in the later years, but when I first got in, in the 88, there was a lot of Vietnam veterans that were still on active duty that were serving in the Coast Guard that had seen Vietnam mm-hmm. that I was serving with. There was like this um, culture in the Coast Guard where there was a guys were, were smoking pot on the ships. Oh, mm-hmm. And there was just this attitude of like, we do what we want kind of thing. Yeah. No rules. From there and until when I retired, the the admirals and the commandants that went through tried to stamp that out. And I think they didn't get it all, but they got most of it. But there's still a culture. I was on the Coast Guard base in Seattle a few years ago with Jeffrey and Orion. And there's these young enlisted guys hanging out in the parking lot after we went to the Mariners baseball game. Mm-hmm. And they're just hanging out in the back of some dude's pickup. They've got the case of beer and the tunes turned up on the stereo and it just it's like a sunday must be their sunday ritual you know mm-hmm. it was so interesting because that was probably seven years after i retired eight years and it was just so interesting to see nothing's really changed in almost 30 years <laughs> it's crazy yeah were any of your relatives in the military what made you decide to go into the military necessity i guess i really hadn't thought about the military as a career just circumstances and i needed a stable job. And I thought the Coast Guard had the most value of all the services, you know, as far as the mission and stuff. Yeah. Well, 22 years is pretty stable. 22 years later, I'm glad I chose that path because I got to see a lot of cool stuff. Tell me some of the places, the coolest places that you've seen. I've been all throughout the Caribbean. Got to see Jamaica. I've been to Cuba, the Dominican Republic. The North Pole. Went to the North Pole in 2005. It was so cold up there, obviously. (laughs) There's not very many people can say they've been at the North Pole. Like just, you know, maybe a thousand people on the planet could say that, you know. Yeah. Oh, that's cool, babe. Maybe more. I don't know. But I have to fact check that. (laughs) That's funny. Oh, I think I will fact check that. I like that. Oh, I went to Japan, to Yokosuka, Japan. And I've been to Russia, Providenia, Russia. That was scary and exciting and eye-opening and terrifying all in one. Why is that? Tell me about that. We're using it as like a, what they call a mid patrol break kind of thing where we, it really wasn't a mid patrol break, but it was just a, it was like a couple objectives to it. We were going to get food and I think we got fuel and it was also a diplomatic kind of thing through the state department. Mm -hmm. So we tie up at the pier there at the city. There's a military base next to it. I don't know if it's really a city. It's more like a, a large town. And when we tie up at the pier, there's this all these Russian soldiers and the Russian soldiers have these really like distinct hats. They swoop way up and they're really tall. They didn't look like they were very friendly. It was really intimidating. And I was like, what are we doing here? Kind of thing. (laughs) Like, do we make a mistake? You know? Yeah. And then there was like a local, like one, like the senior ranking officer at the military base and like the mayor or whatever you call them for that city or town. Mm -hmm. They came on board to meet the captain and there was this, all this pomp and circumstance and then everything calmed down and we we got to get off the boat and go explore the town 
And that was cool because it was like a typical, like you would imagine a Russian town to be is like, it was wet and everything's kind of dark and the whole town was powered by a coal plant. So there was this, mm-hmm. these smokestacks that were pumping out all the smoke all the time. And there was um, these tiny little shops. There wasn't like grocery stores. It was a uh, tiny little shops. I went in a couple of those and that was cool. And then there was these kids playing on the streets and we ended up playing this like impromptu, like it was like a soccer game, but it was like street soccer. And it was just, they used this, some like soup can that was full of stuff as the ball. It was really cool to play with these kids. And there was just a bunch of guys off the boat and we just hung out with these kids and it was cool. And then of course we found the local bar (laughs) (laughs) and this town was so far out in the middle of nowhere that they, the only way they could get their supplies was on a barge and the barge only came twice a year. Wow. So the bar was stocked with alcohol. And then within two days we drank so much alcohol that they had to shut the bar down because they were afraid they were going to run out and they were going to get any more for the rest of the year. (laughs) So that was kind of shocking. Yeah. That's terrible. Yeah. I remember specifically one of the guys off the ship that I was friends with, at that time, I was wearing this like London Fog button-up leather jacket that was black. And I think I had boots on or something. And the guy was like, you look like you could be from this town. Because the way I was dressed and the way in my features, he's like, you could be a Russian. Oh. And I was like, okay, that's cool. Because I have fake red hair. They always tell me I look Irish. Yeah, I could see that. I'm not, but I do have the fake red hair. Which I love. Thanks. But it's not a requirement. I was going to say, you love me when I'm blonde and when I'm dark brunette. And you're very sweet about, I think you've obviously had exes because you always say the right thing. (laughs) (laughs) Through years of probably saying the wrong thing, you've got it right. You finally got it down. You never say anything to hurt my feelings, which I know that I haven't always done the same thing. You're very diplomatic. (laughs) Yeah. In your comments and not only diplomatic, but complimentary. So I'm not just saying you're just not taking a stand. You're just always saying you're beautiful, which is I'll take that. <laughs> you are beautiful and I love you very much. And oh, thanks. this time around in my life, in this chapter in my life, I'm going to write a story that doesn't have learned my lessons in the past. And mm-hmm. no more drama. Yeah. It tries to weasel its way in and we say, no, no drama. <laughs> I just want to be a good person. Yeah. 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 One story I always sticks in my head for some reason, because, well, when I was little, my mother gave me a plaque for my bedroom door that said the best messed room. Mm -hmm. And I have to say that I really enjoy a clean house. Yeah. I just don't do it. (laughs) (laughs) I would love it always to be clean and organized, but it's my part is always messed up. Every time I'm like, oh, this mess, I'm like, oh, it's literally all my stuff. Mm-hmm. One of the stories you told me once was you were young, just mm-hmm. in the military, you're just married, you just had a baby, and mm-hmm. you came home and got upset because the house wasn't clean. <laughs> oh, wow. That makes me laugh so much because if that was one of your requirements now, we would have been married never not for a minute. <laughs> well, I think that was the the military. Mm-hmm. I was recently at a boot camp and everything had to be orderly. Mm, mm-hmm. That coupled with being a, a new parent yeah, and struggling financially and having a new baby and just, I took out my frustrations in, in an unhealthy way. 
I always think about it from your ex's point of view where she, she's got a baby <laughs> and you want the house clean. And I can't even keep the house clean and I got no excuses. That's why I think it's so funny. Like, right. Like what an asshole. If I could go back, I'd, I wish I could have a conversation with that young man. Cause he was like doing a lot of stupid stuff at that time. You know, like I'm sure a lot of people can relate to it with like people that are become young parents, you know, and have a lot of stuff thrown on their plate all at once that they've never experienced before. And they, you're like, what do you do with this? And I think overall I did the best I could, but you know, Oh, I'm sure that's true. A 20 year old brain is still developing, you know, like you're still, <laughs> you know, like you're still maturing. You're like still. Yeah. So dumb. Yeah. It's looking like back. It's like, Oh my God. <laughs> You're such an idiot. Would you not only go back and talk to your younger self, but would you, do you wish you could have been more like understanding of your wife at home with the baby? Oh yeah. I mean, I could have been a much better person. Well, it's not that you're a good or bad person. Like you said, I truly believe we were all, we all do the best we can. Yeah. I think you were doing the best you can and you were exhibiting or repeating learned behaviors. So it's yeah. not that you were good or bad. It's just that's what you thought was the right thing to do. But looking back, we have some regrets. So tell me about your hobbies. You took me to NASCAR once. <laughs> I've promised to go that one time. And now I don't think I'm going to go again. <laughs> you were a real trooper. It was so hot, though. I don't blame you. It was hot, but that wasn't the problem. The problem was the line of cars to get there. Yeah. And then you sit in the heat and you can't really see the cars like you can on TV. Like you just see them go by for a second and then. Yeah. Leaving. So you watch these cars race around the track going hundreds of miles an hour. And then you leave the track going one mile an hour for three hours. <laughs> I know. The irony of that killed me. That's the, the hidden truth that. <laughs> That they don't want you to know about. <laughs> well, I'm going to tell anybody who asks. It was the worst. <laughs> Racetrack we went to was is up in Sonoma, California, which is near Napa. Yeah. Which is a horrible place to have a racetrack because there's basically, there's only one road in and one road out unless you come from the north. But that's only one road in, one road out. So And one lane each way, right? I mean, it was just ridiculous anyway. Whether you come from Sacramento or San Francisco you get funneled down into this two lane highway and it could be, you know, literally 10 miles of backup. So you yeah. can get to where you can see the entrance to the racetrack, you know? Yeah. So yeah. I don't mind watching it on TV. <laughs> <laughs> In the air conditioned house. You like NASCAR and what else do you like? Most forms of auto racing, but primarily like formula one NASCAR I've been lately, I've been getting into the endurance racing, which is different classes of cars that run from anywhere from like four to 24 hours on a racetrack. <laughs> that one's kind of hard to watch because like literally you can't sit and watch a race for 24 hours, you know, so you have to, you just have to catch the highlights. That is so funny to me because, you know, every time I look at the TV, I'm like, oh my gosh, they have 500 more laps to go. That's funny. That's how I feel about football. When they say there's a minute left on the clock and it takes another 30 minutes, like, well, how is this even possible? <laughs> yeah. 
Oh, but that was one of the reasons, one of the many reasons that I fell in love with you is that you don't watch football. Well, you're welcome. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you very much. The only time I'll get interested in football is if the Seahawks, if they make it to the playoffs and then if, if there's a chance they could go to the Super Bowl, then I get my radar goes up. But day to day, no, I don't follow it. I follow baseball still. Mm-hmm. Keep an eye on the Mariners, but they kind of sucked this year. <laughs> kind of <laughs> like a felt like a roller coaster. They're up and they're down. They're up and they're down. But yeah, maybe next year. Are you a fair weather fan? Is that what they call those? I guess so. I mean, I was like a diehard fan, you know, mm-hmm. twenty years ago. But that's back when they were. They had a legitimate shot every season to go to the playoffs, but they could never get through the Yankees. <laughs> Damn Yankees. Damn Yankees. Hey, that's funny. Damn yeah. Yankees. Isn't that a saying? Yep. What kind of guitar do you play? I have a, a Telecaster. It's a Squire Telecaster. It's made by Fender. I worked with this girl at an ice cream shop and her boyfriend was selling his guitar and I bought it off of him. Mm-hmm. And he was in this punk rock band and I've had it ever since. What year was that? 87. It was right after high school. The ice cream shop was back in the 80s. Yeah, it was in here in Spokane on Garland, the milk bottle. Since I bought it, I, it's had a pretty big, pretty crazy story. Like I, a couple of years after I bought it, I was like hard up for money. So I pawned it and then I got it back. And then a few years later, my brother wanted to try to learn how to play guitar. So I let him borrow it for a few years while mm-hmm. I was in the, like I was on a ship, so I wasn't around much. And then I got it back from him. And then about 15 years ago, I decided to repaint it and I rebuilt, replaced the pickups and all the switches and everything and, and the pickup guard. And that's really cool. I'll never get rid of it. Would you want another one or that's the one? No, I'd like to get another one mm-hmm. someday. What else do you like to do? I like to ride my mountain bike every once in a while. Um, Recently, how long did you ride it for? Well, how far did oh you go? Oh my gosh. Uh, back in October, I, I rode it like almost 34 miles. Yeah. So <laughs> crazy. That was crazy. <laughs> I, was ha- I had a moment. Yeah, we started working out at the gym and all of a sudden I felt like Superman. <laughs> Which is awesome. <laughs> it I mean, was I felt awesome. awesome. I was so tired when I got back. Oh my God. I was like, what the heck did I do to myself? That's really funny. What else? I, like I do like racing games on Xbox, play against my youngest son, Orion, and some other games, listen to music. Yeah, you like a lot of, you like Led Zeppelin's your favorite. Oh my God, yeah. <laughs> so just talking about opposites attract, like, yeah. <laughs> what did you ask me if I wanted to go see who in concert? Oh yeah, Robert Plant. You said, did you want to go see Robert Plant concert? And I was like, who's that? And you're like, okay, I'm asking Maggie, my daughter. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's funny how opposites attract. Right. You put yourself through college after you retired from the Coast Guard. And yeah. You graduated magna cum laude two years ago. That was awesome. I'm so proud of you. That was a huge achievement. I just decided I was going to retire out of the military. So I got that done. And then then I decided I was going to go back to school and get my bachelor's. And I I did that. Really proud of you because a lot of dedication. I went to college for a little bit after high school, but I failed miserably. And (laughs) 
I wasn't into it and I just, it's just a disaster. But this time around, it was, it was really good. It was a good experience. Well, that's what I'm saying about us too. Like, yeah. In terms of relationships and stuff this time around, it's just, everything's better this time around. So the point is never give up hope. Cause you've, you know, you've seen some, some dark, low times. Yeah. And here we are happily married. You know, we all have these choices to make. And when you're young, you're kind of more impulsive Mm -hmm. and you don't really think about consequences. But now, you know, when you're, when you're in your fifties, you're like, you take a pause sometimes and you reflect on, should I do this? And sometimes that's like going against what society thinks is okay. Or, you know, like you're kind of going against the grain because you put more thought into it, looking at both sides of the, the issue or whatever, you know? Yeah. You're more thoughtful instead of just being like, you know, impulsive. And this is what I'm I just want. going with the crowd, you know? mob mentality. Yeah. Well, and I just wanted to mention too, that in January, you're 10 years sober. Is that right? 10 years. Yeah. Yeah. Congratulations on that. Thank you. Because you were kind of a shit show (laughs) according to your stories. I don't even, I wasn't, I didn't even know you then. So that's been great too for you. It's really allowed me to be more, you know, mindful and Mm -hmm. present and just be a better person. And I've achieved so much just since I quit. Yeah. It was kind of a struggle the first couple of years, but I don't need it. Well, my sweet husband, I appreciate Mm -hmm. you doing this with me. You're welcome. I love you. I love you. I'm going to end this recording with me reading something you wrote to me in January of 2016. And it seems very complimentary to me. But also it says what kind of guy you are, I think. He said, I love you. And I said, well, why do you love me? And then you wrote this to me. When I say I love you, I mean that I love your beautiful smile and gorgeous eyes. I love your competitive spirit. I love your impatience. I love the sound of your voice. I love that you feel things deeply. I love that you are so creative. I love that you play tennis really well, by the way. I love your kisses. I love that you really listen to me. I love when you say, I'm coming in. I love how great a friend you are to me. I love how committed you are to me. I love your laugh. I love that you want to go to Europe one day. I love holding your hand. I love that you love exploring. I love that you get my quotes from old TV shows and movies from our childhood. I love your passion for life. I love that you trust me with your feelings. And I love how much you love me. When I say I love you, I really mean I love all of you completely. Even more today. Oh, that's so good. Oh, I didn't know I could love you more at our wedding. I thought, you know, well, that's the pinnacle of love, but I love you more. I love you more. We're so lucky. Right? Yes, right. Thanks for being on my podcast, babe. You're welcome. This was fun. I love you. I love you. Bye. Bye.